Welcome to another episode of Ed Luminaries with Alejandra Zertuche, CEO of Enflux, who brings you powerful educator perspectives hailing from all walks of life. Get inspired and obtain great takeaways that you can apply to help set your students up for success. Sometimes all it takes is to hear how innovative educators approach similar problems and overcome obstacles to support breakthrough academic success. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Alejandra Tertuche and you're listening to the Ed Luminaries podcast where we talk with educational leaders to find out how they're thinking and working creatively to drive student success. In today's episode, The Pillars of Teaching, we're going to hear from Dan Thompson, Assistant Director of Faculty Development and Instructional Design at the Oklahoma State University. Dan, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's, it's a pleasure being here. Dan, the main question that I have for you so that we can talk about the pillars of teaching and why you're here with us today. Can you tell us a little bit more about your role and responsibilities at your institution? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, at OSU, I work specifically at the, the College of, of uh, Veterinary Medicine, and I uh, help lead our faculty development efforts uh, with, with our faculty. So we have, oh, about 50 to 60 uh, full-time teaching faculty uh, at the school, and we're, we're a four-year program. Uh, we have three didactic years and one clinical year, and uh, whether it's you know, helping with, you know, one-on-one -on -one and course construction and helping our, our faculty um, to engage our, our learners to, uh, to doing, you know, holistic, you know, large faculty development sessions with, with our entire group. Uh, we're, we're there to really do our best to create a, a more engaging teaching and learning atmosphere uh, in our classroom and, and outside of the classroom to make learning materials for students that, that are engaging them with, with course content. Uh, just, and, you know, we're, we're always um, trying to improve the process of making sure that students are actually retaining information, uh, especially in professional school as our students are going to go on, you know, into a field and apply this information, you know, with their, their daily tasks. So what are, what would you say are those pillars of teaching that are required to make sure that that happens, that the students stay engaged and they're learning, they're learning and absorbing everything from the lectures? Yeah, it's, it's really about creating um, a, a foundation that, uh, on which you can, can have, you know, deliver your, your lessons. And a lot of that is, is built around having, you know, the, the soundness of your, your course construction. Um, that's really built on some of the, the, the basics that we, you know, can take for granted at times. Uh, all, you know, down to your, your writing learning objectives is something that's often easily overlooked by faculty because it's, it, it's not something that you're doing, you know, on the day-to-day -day as far as, you know, engaging your students. Um, it's not the, the hands-on teaching that, they, that, that folks prefer to do, my, myself included. Uh, but when you write learning objectives, and I always tell the folks this as well, is, is the communication process of this is really important to be clear, concise, and transparent with your students uh, that these learning objectives are there to guide uh, their learning, and they should use them as a study, study aid or a study guide, um, and that you're going to teach to make sure you're satisfying those objectives. That part right there is, is, is really key because we don't want folks to write their, those objectives and then not, not utilize. I mean, it does take time. You want that, you know, that, that, um, 
the work put in there to, to be worthwhile. Uh, from there, you want to make sure that you're, you have things uh, aligned, and by things, I mean your content and your assessments aligned with those learning objectives. And when you have that alignment there where you're, you're teaching and covering your objectives, the content, so the content addresses the objectives, but you're teaching at the, the correct level as well, um, as far as you know, how, uh, how uh, in-depth you're going on that content. And then you're making sure that your formative and summative assessments you know, match the depth at which you're teaching. All that alignment there is, is going to pay off. And that, that's really, as far as like teaching and learning in a classroom, uh, those are, if you have that established and then communicate it clearly to students, those are those pillars that are really going to set you up for uh, a successful lesson. And then when you stack those successful lessons throughout the semester, you're going to have a successful course. And that's wonderful. I think it sounds easy, right? You write the learning objectives and then you make sure there's alignment. But as you're aware, most health professional programs, um, the professors that are there, they went to school to be a pharmacist, uh, mm -hmm. to be a nurse, to be a doctor. So they didn't go to school to be a professor. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the challenges that you see out there when it comes to making sure the faculty understand what learning objectives are, what are the accreditation competencies? Because they have to be aligned to that as well. Mm -hmm. And how to write them? How do you help faculty make sure that that happens? Yeah, that, that's a that's a great question. So uh, the the first part of that is, you know, what what are the the hurdles? What what are the difficulties that we see? And oftentimes it's there, it's twofold. Uh, you know, so faculty can be thrown in, into teaching um, when you know, like you said, they don't have an educational background. And um, sometimes they're kind of voluntold to teach. And we see this often, especially with, with residents, for example, where they're, they're teaching without any, any training in that field. And because of that, what, what you see is that they repeat whatever, however they were taught. Um, and which is totally understandable. It's what, you know, I think even as a, I used to, as a former high school teacher, I mean, I'm sure I taught many of my classes the, the same way, just because that's the primary example that you have. Um, however, that's we get you know more antiquated and, and less engaging teaching methods that way because folks for you know decades and decades were taught with, with lecture and then you know taking the exam and moving on. And so we want to get into um, you know teaching methods that are are more engaging for students in the classroom, engaging with you know their peers, the faculty, and the content. So the, the way that we you know, correct for that is through, um, again, well, you know, faculty development and having you know, getting out in front with these, these faculty and letting them know that these are the basics that they want to employ. And the faculty that I work with, they're, they're terrific and they, they are su such willing learners. Many of them don't know that, that these types of resources are available. Uh, and so uh, my, one of my favorite methods to do this in my field is to meet with them one-on-one -on -one or in small groups and just workshop out you know, learning objectives um, and make sure that, that they know just the, 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 the basics as far as how, how, to, how to write them and you know, put that in an element of time, having a Bloom's verb that is something that's uh, you know, accessible and not just you know, students will understand, but you know, at, at what level will, will they learn the information and, and master it? So I think having, having that conversation a lot really helps our faculty build from there and, and uh, you know, 
create their lesson because when they focus on those objectives and write them, they, the wheels start to turn and it, they, it lets them know the depth at which they should teach. And then when they get that down, then we start to talk about formative assessment and the feedback that students are going to have. And that all really comes out of sitting down and writing you know, five learning objectives. There's no better way to learn than actually doing it, right? Mm -hmm. But do you think there's an opportunity for the health professional programs to prepare this, their students for possibly be the professors of the future? Yeah. In other words, like if you had a magic wand, what would you add to the curriculum to prepare yeah, absolutely. them? Absolutely. I'm glad, I'm glad this question came up. So uh, a, co a colleague of mine and, and myself um, have, uh, this is something we've been passionate about as, as educators for, for years now. And um, we would love, we're, we've built an elective course, actually. And this is what I would love to get into health professions education, is an elective for those students that have an interest in becoming you know, future professors in, in their field. And I've talked with students now, I actually had a, a great talk with a, a student this semester uh, about exactly this. They, they want to get into you know, academics um, and in addition to practicing, and, but they don't have the, the toolkit to be able to, once they get into teaching, to make it, a, you know, they don't know how to make it a meaningful learning experience for their students. So what, we, what we're striving to do and what I would love to do with this magic wand is to make this this an elective course just on the, the truly just these basics or pillars of teaching that give anybody that is ready to get into you know academic uh, medicine to uh, be prepared to teach and it's just a toolkit so it's you know the, the the course that we've built is really something where throughout the the course of the semester students will build their own course from scratch beginning from you know educational philosophy to learning objectives and how to map those objectives and all the way to how to write exam questions, evaluate exam data, and making an improvement action plan for their course going forward. And what we, you know, the, the real goal here too is that as they, you know, get into teaching, they can pull out, you know, the tool that they need when they need it. So if they're trying to think about how to do an engaging formative assessment with students with feedback, they can go to, to the course that they made or to our coursework and pull that out and, and apply it um, nice and easy without having to, you know, be, be reactionary. And we see that a lot with, even in faculty development in my role, it can be very reactionary to what's going on in the, the semester or if students are, are struggling in a certain topic. And it would be great to be more proactive. So students coming into the field and becoming new professionals, you know, while they won't have an, you know, an educational degree per se, they will have these tactics that they can use at, at, you know, to be able to, what I said you know, a little bit ago, engage their students, make it a more meaningful learning experience and ultimately build retention uh, in, in their student learning. So if, if, that could be, if that could be a part of all health professions uh, curriculum, that would, be, that would be terrific for the, the future of, of all fields, whether it's vet med for us or medical education, pharmacy education, you name it. Have you seen any of your students taking that role or e even if they are not like a full-time professor, but are they, are some of those students teaching and what has been the impact? Great question. So we, we see it more with, for us with new uh, residents, um, since this is something that is, is uh, new that, that we've, that we're uh, creating and, and, and working to implement that uh, it's, we see more with, with young residents who were, were working with them hand, you know, hands-on to get them to be more engaging with their teaching. I, I actually work with a 
group of residents currently with these types of, of methods and, and with case studies and, and feedback. And they're they're absolutely terrific. Uh, it's it's been a, a pleasure to work with folks who have been you know either or both current students and you know in their residency, but also you know former uh, you know undergrad vet med students themselves. And it's great to have the, one of the big pleasures that that I'm seeing is that they're uh, as recent students, they know the struggles of their the you know the current students now. And it's really great the ideas that they're they're bringing into the field, and so it's helping you know me in my role to be able to you know spread that information with other faculty or or those in in my group on on our staff. And so it's been it's really been something that you know as that we are building this course and, and you know, preparing to implement it, you have a certain idea on how it's going to go, and. Um, one thing I always tell faculty is that you have to be flexible. And in the moment, you know, something is it might not go exactly how it's planned. The ed tech can let you down. It's tech. It's going to happen sometimes. Or, you know, students might not react the way that you thought they would to a certain session. Um, it, you know, there's there's plenty of things that, that can happen that kind of throw you off your game plan. And what I've learned in this process of working uh, with, with young faculty is that uh, I have to be flexible, you know, follow my own advice and be flexible myself. And that's been really neat to where, you know, it's uh, the, the curriculum or coursework is actually ever evolving because of that, because we're learning a ton along the way and working with new faculty. Well, and, and as you're learning from the process, there's probably a lot of changes in today's world, new technology, um, new ways of teaching. Now there's, uh, we were, um, before recording the podcast, we were talking about Remind me the word now. It's hybrid, but now there's oh, a new terminology. Yeah, high flex, hybrid flexible. Hyper flexible. So there's more and more coming, right? More people mm -hmm. are trying different things. And what worked yesterday is not going to work today. And new generation of students. Absolutely. It, it's funny. It's like the, uh, you know, I'm going to go back to the, the, you know, the pillars of teaching that we spoke about a, a little bit ago and that. I think that's something that's classic and consistent over time, right? You have like the the basics there, and then when you have those the the basics and the the pillars in place, then you're prepared to be more flexible and, and changing with with the students, um, with the the technology. Or I mean, you're right. The technology changes. I mean, I, I feel like you know weekly something's popping up, and it it having you know that that foundation on which to to build your your course when that's secure everything else it's much easier to change because you're you're on you know solid footing um i think you know the the you know conversely if you you know we're trying to deal with you know not have i mean i i truly have worked with folks that don't have learning objectives at, at all this is you know years ago but still you know it, it's not having that foundation of how you're going to teach um and then you have to make changes to keep up with the times i i, I think that's when you'll you know, you know, approach more more issues with teaching and, and learning. And of course, we this is another thing throughout education we've seen over the years is that, you know, at the end of the semester, we do an evaluation, students do evaluations, faculty reflect. And we often, you know, we're preparing to change the, the course better for the next iteration, which is, which is absolutely great. Um, I'm often concerned with what we're doing with those current students to help improve, uh, you know, the, the course real time in the moment, because as you mentioned, things do change quick. And so as much as we can, if we can 
you know, self-assess and take observational data and, and, you know, get feedback from our students during the semester. A big part of this too is, you know, exam data and, and learning from, you know, how our teaching is impacting student learning real time. Uh, being able to do that allows us to make changes on the fly. So that current, you know, cohort of students isn't, you know, getting the short end of the stick because we're making changes for the future, but we can make them more proactively now. And Dan, do you think most programs have someone like you within their their institution or what would you recommend to a dean or a program director that doesn't have someone like you within their institution? Oh, I hope they do. I, I've, from experience, I, I've, I've witnessed that they, they don't. Um, I, I think our, this field of you know, educational su support is, has been growing rapidly. Um, I think you know COVID is something that uh, has also it, you know highlighted the importance of of folks in our field. No, I think the um, it, it's I mean obviously I'm biased, but <laughs> it's worthwhile <laughs> making uh, an investment into to the field. Uh, it, whether it's you know through uh, you know a full time staff, um, I know that we I'm fortunate enough often to work with with other institutions as well and provide you know faculty development uh, presentations and and support. Um, I think having having that support really what it what it ultimately does is is uh, twofold it frees your faculty up to to you know do what they're they're paid to do and 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 be faculty do research you know prepare to teach students and not necessarily because a, a large part of the support that that our department provides for example and we're fortunate fortunate excuse me fortunate enough to have a um, great investment from uh, our our leadership that we have a a, a department of seven. And so we're able to um, help our faculty, uh, you know, in not just with teaching methods, but we also have staff that helps with the day-to-day -day logistics of running the LMS and, you know, preparing exams and, and doing all those things that can really, you know, bog down faculty time. I think being able to offer that level of support and service for, for faculty uh, is, is something that will help improve their teaching. It gives them more time to be able to uh, you know, take in, you know, faculty development and, and learn new new ways of teaching, new ed tech. And because of that, uh, we're getting, you know, a better product that we're delivering to our students. And, you know, when we, when we do, when we have that level and when you have that level of support for your faculty, it trickles down to the students. And our, our department even, you know, supports the students directly. So they know if they have, you know, a tech issue, for example, that they can reach out to us. We're not IT. But, you know, if it is application of a product, we're happy to, to help in that way. Um, and that really also helps re reduce the burden. I think the nicest thing that uh, I've, I've heard in a while um, was, you know, I was talking to one of our, our faculty members about, you know, what, what our department does and what we're doing and what we plan to do going forward. And they just, uh, they, they smile and said, gosh, I wish, wish you all were here, you know, 20 years ago. And I thought that was that was such a, a great compliment about not just uh, our group, but the meaningness of, of the field and, and what we're able to, to do to help you know, academia in, in general. Absolutely. And you need to support support. It sounds like a support support model. You support mm -hmm. faculty to support students. And by doing so, you're preparing you're better better preparing the students to be successful, not only on passing the board exam, but mm -hmm. in their career. You're helping them make sure they're competent to practice. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't 
and say that, you know, the, the faculty that we work with have been really, really tremendous. And, it, you know, it's, it's new when you bring in a, a group that they haven't had this level of support. And sometimes that means them, you know, letting go of some things that they're, they're used to, to having ownership of. Um, our, our faculty has been just tremendous in communicating with us, working with us, trusting us, um, and, and give, you know, giving us feedback as well and uh, in, in what, what they need. And so I think that's a big part of it as well. It's not, you know, just the, you know, you bring in folks that are going to help with, you know, say they're an academic expert and, you know, apply changes to the, the curriculum, but having uh, faculty be a, a, accepting and, and playing a, their role in that process is, is absolutely vital. And we've been fortunate with our faculty and, and that, you know, by and large is also a product of, of leadership, you know, and, and communicating that uh, appropriately as well. So I think, for us, you know, the we're support, you know, you're right, it's a support support uh, type model, uh, but you also need that acceptance from those getting the support because it is, it is, you know, it's a change. And I know change can be difficult, but our, our group's been terrific. Yes, but you cannot, in, you cannot expect for things to improve if we keep doing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. So change needs to happen so that we can have better outcomes. Um, Absolutely. And, as you're aware, and I want to tell to our listeners, through Influx Academy, we're going to be releasing the pil the pillars of teaching, which are going to be self self uh, paced on demand sessions for faculty to go in and see what learn about those pillars and how they can implement it within their course. Um, so I'm really excited to release that. It's coming up in a few weeks. But in addition to that, what what recommendation or resources will you uh, provide to a faculty member that works at an institution that don't have a department at an institution that doesn't have the department like your department or the support that they need yeah you know that um that's that's, that's a great question it's it's tough right because um i don't like the idea of just throwing an article at them and saying hey this is super helpful um because it's without that, having that support there, being able to, you know, reading the article and seeing something in theory can be, it can still be very difficult to then apply it. So my goal always when, especially if I'm working with faculty that don't have, you know, this, um, a, a group that they can rely on after working with me is to give them, uh, there's two words I use all the time. And it's something that's actionable and tangible. So I want faculty to walk away. And that's why the modules you just mentioned uh, are, are, um, something I absolutely would would recommend to uh, faculty I, I, you know, that I don't get to work with on a, a daily basis as far as something that, that's, again, tangible. So they can go and they can review and they can you know, work through it again. If there's a certain section they want to go look at or a certain slide they want to go look and listen to again, it's right there and they can you know, easily access it. Uh, I think that's, that's really key. Um, and it, especially the way that content is built matters. Again, you know, it's, it's, can be difficult to read a 15 page article and then just you know have it click and, and apply it and go um so and then when I, I work with folks too again something that's actionable in a way you know and i'm sure every everyone that's listening has had the the um experience of you know when you go to a conference and you hear someone talk and you're like this this is awesome like i'm totally gonna do this and you know every time you, you leave a conference you're so energized and you're just like, this is going to be so great. I'm going to do this with my students. I can't wait. It's going to be a home run. I can't wait. And then you get back to your office and reality sets back in. And you have, you know, X amount of emails that you didn't get to over the last three days because you're at the event. And so then you're kind of playing from behind. And then by the time you might 
actually get to the point where you're going to implement what, what you were so excited to do. It, enough times passed that either you can't remember what, you know, exactly the, the steps of being able to do it, or maybe the time never actually presents itself. So in those, in the, the time that I work with faculty, I want to give them something actionable in that moment. So when they get back to their office, it's not start from uh, scratch and square one, but it's continuing something that they've already, you know, made something they've already tangibly started, and then they can continue to do it. So the you know actionable part is getting ready to, uh, you know, uh, apply it in class and with their students. And so I think that's being able to, again, with um, I, I recommend this to anyone, especially if, if you know going through. Uh, you know, the, the modules that, that we are discussing that to you know, work along with them um, and not just consume the, the content and then and then, you know, try to move on from there and, and apply it. But slide by we, we've constructed the, the content we made to be slide by slide that you can do it step by step along with us so that by the end of the, the presentation, you actually can have something done and, and not you know, go finish that presentation and then start working. And I think doing those, working along with, you know, asynchronous content like this is, is something I'd always recommend in, in pieces. That's why I love the, the way in which, um, you know, we, we collaborated on this to have it be more, more slide-based and, and pieces of content together and not just, you know, one, you know, 40, 50 minute video lecture. So it does, it provides that atmosphere to where people can, you know, step-by-step -step along with us. Especially because nowadays everyone is so busy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we're going back to a new normal where we're in the office, on campus, and we're buried with work and trying to figure out how to how to work efficiently and for, and effectively. Yeah. And I think it's like addressing one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. Aim for progress, not perfection. And that's our goal through Influx Academy. Give you those snippet of information and knowledge that you can take action and, and go with it, right? Hit a hundred run, but- um, I'm, I'm writing and, that down, and, by the way, that's a great quote. <laughs> and and I, I hear that quote everywhere, especially in uh, my Peloton classes that I do in the morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Aim for progress, not perfection. I um, love that. And I, I love that you said, you know, it's about making it actionable and tangible. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for sharing all of those insights with our listeners. Mm -hmm. um, and please let us, can you tell the listeners how they can reach out to you if you have if they have any questions or need some guidance? Yeah, absolutely. So you can uh, email me just at my OSU account, which is dan.thompson at okstate.edu. Uh, so just first name, dot last name at okstate.edu. Uh, you also can I'm on, on uh, LinkedIn and can message me there and feel free to tweet at me. It's just at Dan Thompson, I-D-T-S, uh, like instructional design technology specialist, which was the title I had <laughs> when, I, when I made that, that Twitter handle. Wonderful. And we'll add uh, your Twitter and LinkedIn to the podcast so that okay. people can reach out to you. Dan, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you. It's been a total pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's series on the pillars of teaching. You can subscribe to our events by going to nflux.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn where we post announcements about our solution or resources like today's session. I'm Alejandra Sertuche and you have been listening to Ed Luminaries. You've just listened to Ed Luminaries. 
Inspiring stories and ideas from educators to educators with Alejandra Zertuche. Connect with us at edluminaries.com to join the conversation and access the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. 